Let's have a word of prayer as we continue with our service. Father in heaven, I ask that you would once again uh, work in this place to not only remind me the words to say, to say them properly, but to be with everyone who's either watching online or who's here live, that you can do what, what, well, simply we just cannot. That you would have the Holy Spirit work in our mind in a way that we trust you, appreciate you, not only realize that you're real, but let you make a difference in our life so that when we leave this place, we have drawn closer to you because you spoke to us today. May you do what you do so well once again. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So we continue our series on the foundation. <clears throat> today we're going to be in the book of Luke. The book of Luke, chapter 7, if you'll turn with me in your Bible or smartphone or tablet. Luke, chapter 7. We'll be starting in verse 19 and read through to the end of verse 23. Summoning two of his disciples, John sent them to the Lord, saying, Are you the expected one, or do we look for someone else? When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to you to ask, <clears throat> are you the expected one or do we look for someone else? At that very time, in the Hebrew it says literally, at that very hour, he cured many people of diseases, afflictions, evil spirits, and he gave sight to many who were blind. He answered and said to them, go and report to John what you've seen and heard that the blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the poor have the gospel preached to them, and the dead are raised up. And blessed is he who does not take offense at me. On the surface, it might seem like Jesus is avoiding the question. They asked him a clear question. Are you the Messiah? Are you the one? Are, are, are you that guy? And though he didn't answer it in the way that they would expect, I would venture to say he answered it in a better way. Instead of answering it with just words, Jesus demonstrated with his actions right in front of them what the Messiah was supposed to be doing. He mingled with people, he showed that he cared, and he met their needs in a way that genuinely benefited their lives. Let me give you an example of what that looks like in someone's life. Several decades ago, in the, the city of Melbourne, Australia, there was this family, and uh, the parents had seven kids, and um, they went to the bar, they liked to gamble a lot, they were really poor, the father was not home, and uh, the doctor had given the mother two months to live. Her liver and the kidneys were shutting down. And the two oldest kids, the second oldest was Bill, and they had to drop out of school to take care of their younger siblings. And uh, <clears throat> the only time Bill or his family used God's name is when they were cursing. They weren't church people, and that's just what they did in Australia, at least in his family. 
And um, he was quite angry. He was upset, frustrated that he had to drop out of school. He didn't want to continue in that type of poverty lifestyle. He was thinking education was his way out. And to have to drop out of school to take care of his mom and his siblings was not what that teenager envisioned for his life. He had a real sassy mouth. He was angry. He was upset. And one day, as he's at home, he hears this knock on his door. He opens up the door and he notices, well, this is the neighbor lady. She's a witch. She dressed in all black and all the neighbors called her a witch because she was unique. She was different. And who dresses in all black? So as kids do sometimes, whether it's right or it's wrong, they just say what they say and, and there's a strength in that but a weakness and they all call her the witch. And he said, well, what are you doing on my doorstep? And had some choice words for her and he was sassy with her and she said, well, I, I hear that your mother is sick. I've come to help. And he said, well, you heard wrong. My mother is not sick. She's going to die. And why don't you just fly out on the broom that brought you here and leave us alone so my mother can die in peace. And he went to slam the door in her face. <clears throat> and this woman, she, to, to her credit, she slipped her foot into the door. <laughs> she was as stubborn as he was. <clears throat> she put her foot in the door so he couldn't completely shut it. Of course, he had some more choice words and cursing at her and, and frustration. And when he stopped and caught his breath, <clears throat> her foot was still there. And for decades, this next thing that she said stuck with him. And she said, if you don't let me in, your mother will die. Do you want that on your conscience? He wasn't Christian. He was going through a tough time. He didn't have all the wonderful answers that you guys already have before you even came here today. But because he's a human, he had a brain, and he knew one thing. I don't want to go through my life having one more big thing I'm going to feel guilty about. Especially feeling guilty that my mom's death might have had something to do with me and my stubbornness. So he said, fine. <clears throat> I didn't want to care for all these kids and my mother anyway. So from that day and many days forward, he chose to let this unique neighbor lady into his house. And day after day, she tended to the kids. She took care of the mother. And wouldn't you know, several months down the road, mother went to the hospital again to get a checkup with the doctor. And the kidney and the liver issues were not issues. God chose to do something special. He honored this woman's faith. And as you can imagine, the mother and the kids, they were all eyes large and leaning forward and no longer sassy, and, but asking the question, what just happened in our house? What's going on? 
So after, after she spent time with them, after she showed that she cared, after Jesus through her met their needs, then, then she told them about the Jesus who makes a kidney, who makes a liver, who makes your tongue, who makes your brain, the Jesus who can do all these things in making them and fixing them if he thinks that's best. They were so overwhelmed by this Jesus, they decided to start trying the neighborhood Adventist church. They were so overwhelmed by this Jesus, they decided that the kids would start going to the church school. They were so overwhelmed by this powerful Jesus who's practical, they decided to get baptized. Bill was so overwhelmed by this Jesus, he ended up graduating from Avondale Avenue University in Australia. He was so overwhelmed, he became a missionary in New Guinea for a number of years to share with Jesus and eventually become a minister and move to America so he could full-time be repeating Christ's method of helping people. Just be with people. Show that you care. Meet their needs. And then share Jesus, who makes it all happen for free, with a clean conscience, in the most wonderful way. Isaiah chapter 35, verse 3 through 6, says, Encourage the exhausted, strengthen the feeble. Say to those who are of anxious heart, Take courage, don't be afraid. Behold, God will come with vengeance and recompense but he's coming to save you. The eyes of the blind will be opened, the ears of the deaf will be unstopped, and the lame will leap like deer. And the tongue of the mute <clears throat> will shout for joy. Bill's life, you could say, was quite different after that. He had come from a dysfunctional family, angry and upset because he was having to be a parent and he didn't want to be one yet. Especially frustrated because he'd have to drop out of school and he, he, he thought in his mind that education was his golden ticket to having a better life. He thought he was going to lose it all. He thought the weight of the world was on his shoulders. And he thought, which this part is correct, he couldn't handle it and he couldn't. But when he let that neighbor lady, the Christian lady, into their house, little did he realize every day, little bit at a time, Jesus was revealing himself right in front of him every single day through caring, helping, and doing just basic, common things. His mom ended up living. His siblings were helped. And not only... Did he not lose his education? He ended up getting a PhD. And God is so good, much of his education was even paid for by somebody else. Jesus, as he says in 
Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 19. When he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. The book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and he opened the book and found the place where it was written. He quotes Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. From beginning to end throughout Jesus' life, not just his ministry, but throughout his life, Jesus followed that very simple method of ministry. Be with people. Mingle with them. Show that you care. And then meet their needs. Jesus did it with Peter's mother-in-law. He knew Peter. He knew Peter's wife. He knew Peter's mother-in-law. He spent time with them. Then she was going to die, and he helped her. He spent hours with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. He spent time with people. He cared. Then later when Lazarus died, they already had that relationship because he'd already spent time. He already cared about them, and they knew that. So when they had some needs in this area, Jesus stepped in and then met those needs as well. That's what Jesus did. He ate with a short thief named Zacchaeus. He went to his house. He spent time with him. Knowing what he'd done, what kind of a character he was, he still spent time with him, still showed that he cared. And then Zacchaeus is like, man, this guy's better than advertised. I'm going to let him meet my needs. And Jesus was the master of it. We can read in the scriptures, oh, he fed 5,000. Oh, he walked on the water, and that's cool. But what made all of that happen is because the things that aren't written here, at least it it, doesn't seem to be the main focus, is subtly, subtly during a Monday and a Tuesday and a Thursday, he spent time with broken people, just being with them, showing that he cared. And as they had an interest they would show up to the bigger events. But sometimes we miss what actually makes it all happen. Like in our day and age, and this part isn't for you, but this part's for, you know, who knows what God will do with it, but sometimes church hierarchies and people above our pay grades here, they, they, well, if we just throw a bunch of money at it, wow, that's, Jesus threw no money at anything. He threw himself. We don't always need to pay the mailman. We don't need to always do the big... Jesus, when he left heaven, he came down here, he threw himself at it. I'm going to give you my time. He was running the universe. He said, no, no, I got time for Michelle. Let's sit down. Let's do lunch. If God has time as he's running the universe, certainly busy Americans in this area have time sometime to throw ourselves into some people around us and to just be around them. Show that we care. And when the time and the place is appropriate, we can actually help meet needs.
That's what Jesus did. But that doesn't mean, obviously, that everybody always liked Jesus' method. His method was free, it was caring, it was loving, it was fantastic. I mean, what wasn't good about it? And yet, if you keep reading Luke chapter 4, as you keep going several more verses, when he finished his sermon, he was done. Everybody should have said, wow, and he was raised in our own town. I mean, Messiah, you don't have to go to China. You know, we don't have to go to Canada. We don't have to go to Zimbabwe. He's right here, right here. Man, hey, come to my house. And man, they didn't do any of that. When he was done, they picked him up on his shoulders. They picked Jesus up and put him on their shoulders. And it wasn't celebration. They took him to the edge of town and they were going to throw him off a cliff because they didn't like his basic, simple model of being with people, caring, and meeting needs. And we know that part of the story. Obviously, God did a miracle. It's like, no, this isn't the day. But three and a half years later, that was the day. Three and a half years later, church people got this great idea of thinking, hey, we don't like the message is God, that, that can't be the message. We need to stop that message. And their way to stop the message only put fuel on the message because it forced their leaders for a whole 24-hour cycle to be with Jesus in a trial and to see how he acted when he was being persecuted. We're all amazing when, when you're getting a raise and you look good and you feel good and man, things are going well and everybody looks like a superstar then. When someone's trying to burn your house down, that's the acid test. Hey, is Jesus in you? That was the greatest evidence for Jesus. He was mingling with people. Yeah, but when they treat him terrible, how's he going to be? High hanging on the cross, he still proved, I still care about you. He took time to think about the thief next to him. He wasn't offensive, he wasn't mean, he wasn't angry, he wasn't cursing, he wasn't hurting anybody as he was being hurt. His crowning achievement was still to spend time with people, show that he cared, and mind-blowingly so, in the moment and for eternity, meet our needs. Even when he's being crucified, he's still following that same pattern. When things don't go well for you, when things don't go well for you, what's your pattern? If you're renting a house and someone's not doing what they're supposed to do, what, what, what do you do? When your spouse goes a little sideways, and, and I'll, I'll pick on myself, sometimes I'm not having a very clear day, and so I, I don't make good choices with my wife. If you happen to have one of those rare moments, what do you do? Well, they did this, so, so that, that justifies me to not act like Jesus. At work, when things, man... We, you know, God, that, that's Saturday, but man, at work, it's... Do we leave Jesus at the door? Life is getting more challenging, more complicated every day, every month, every year. 
volcanoes, tornadoes, hurricanes, COVID, I mean, economy, you name it, life's getting complicated. As it gets more complicated, are you still having Jesus in you so you spend time with people, you care, and you meet needs? The human tendency is when someone pushes you, is you got to change a whole bunch to, to gather your balance. When someone's really bad, the human tendency is to be equally bad or more so so we can get that upper hand and get back to balance. But that's not Christ's method. That's not Christ's method. Samuel Brangle, he was a very gifted and brilliant law student. Everybody was sure that he was going to be a lawyer, one of the greats. And, uh, but he was also a Christian, and he felt God calling him, so he became, to everybody's surprise, he became a Methodist minister instead of a lawyer. And because uh, <clears throat> he was gifted and talented, and it, people could see it on the outside, and they were just uh, in awe of it, the leaders in, in their denomination just kept giving him promotions, and, and then it wasn't long, and they said, man, we want you to be the pastor of this big, fancy church in Boston. This is going to be amazing. And about that same time, after he was there in Boston, within a short period, um, the, the um, Salvation Army had just started their new post. This was years ago. And he just, the, the Salvation Army just started a new post there in Boston. And man, he thought, man, th this is even better than where I was at. So he quit, he resigned, and he, he joined the Salvation Army. He's like, man, this is really going to take off. I, this is going to be a great fit. I mean, I, uh, we're both Christians. Um, the person who started the Salvation Army uh, was an ex-Methodist, so most of their theology aligns. Uh, he was a gifted speaker, he thought, and just, you know, he's thinking in his mind some of these awesome qualities that he himself had. He's like, man, this, uh, this is going to go well. Day one, he finds himself in a little room. They lead him into the room. It's a small room. They turn on the lights, and it's like half the room is filled with dirty boots. And he's thinking, wait a minute. I, and, and later he writes, I wonder if they made a mistake. He, well, I wonder if I made a mistake. Did they lead me to the wrong room? Did they not know who I am? And all these these seemingly good questions but actually just showed his selfishness and uh, man I, I wonder if I should quit this is a waste of my time and as we do sometimes we get frustrated you know we'll we'll kick around and you know and so he he looks up from his dirty boot job and he looks up and he just can't help but see it as he looks up. And on the wall in that room was a picture. The small room, dirty boots, shoe polish. And he looks up and right there on the wall, man, isn't God a good communicator? He looks up, right there on the wall was a picture. What, what do the artists say? A picture is worth a thousand words. He looks up and he sees that picture and in his journal, later he writes this. 
As I looked up from those dirty boots, he looked up and he saw this picture. It was of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Stop. It made me stop and think about Jesus. In heaven, he sat next to the Father. He led the angels. He created the world. He was worshipped by all. Worshipped by everybody. What a guy. And yet as he was there, he noticed this picture and he was humbled because Jesus was washing the feet of sinful disciples. And he said as he continues to write, I immediately fell on my knees and prayed, Lord, you wash the feet of sinners, surely I can polish their boots. He learned a few valuable lessons that day, you could say. God's plan for outreach hasn't changed because he's back in heaven. God's plan is still the same. It's, it's embarrassingly simple. Let him into your life. Just spend time with people. Show that you care and meet their needs. And then the people, when the time and the place is appropriate, when they have an interest, then we can actually share Jesus, the source of where all this wonderful stuff comes from. Most of the time, it's, it's quite cheap, if not free. It's enjoyable. Contrary to social media, there's still a lot of people out there that are just worth spending time around. Not, not just us. People you work with, people you go to school with. Jesus wants to continue to help them. But like that neighbor lady, God is more stubborn than we are and he prefers not to do magic tricks. He prefers to do these things through people. Just like what he was telling with the, John the Baptist's disciples. He was there doing it and he was doing it through the disciples and That's his preferred method. Luke 7, verse 19 to 23. Summoning two of the disciples, John sent them to the Lord saying, Are you the expected one or do we look for someone else? When the men came to him, they repeated it word for word. John the Baptist sent us to you to ask, Are you the expected one or do we look for someone else? At that very time, or in the Greek literally it says, at that very hour, so in other words, in the moment, right then, while the disciples there asking the question, he's like, well, just a minute. And while they're asking the question, he literally is helping people with diseases, afflictions, casting out evil spirits, healing people who are blind. Instead of just telling them what he was doing, he literally showed them. And he answered them and said, go and report to John what you've heard and what you've seen, that the blind see and the lame walk and the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed, blessed is the one who is not offended because of me. It's my hope and my desire, whether it's just you as a person, whether it's your family, or whether it's the Crosswalk family, 
I hope that you continue to just follow Christ's method. Keep spending time with people. Keep showing that you care. And keep meeting the needs. Most of the time it's free. It's actually quite fun. And it helps other hurting people get through this challenging world.